Thank you, Fiona, for that. And uh, David and also Charles for leading us in time of worship. Good evening, friends. So I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning after I went to bed at 1 o'clock. So it's nothing to do with prayer, but because we have visitors that came, uh, my daughter from Switzerland and her husband just came on Friday for a short weekend, and I said, what's the flight time, by the way, or oh, 6 o'clock? Oh, my goodness. <coughs> bed, 4 o'clock, we need to be up. So I thought... Um, that I should bring my physics um, mind today so that I cannot sleep and you will not sleep. So I will bring perhaps a formula of intensity in physics, which goes uh, intensity equal power by, who can complete? Four pi's radius, keep going, square two. Hey! <laughs> Well, that's the, ser the sermon done. <laughs> intensity, intensity. Well, I'm not going to do that, but um, really the focus is this idea of calling again and again and again that can be weary and can be a challenge by its worth. It's rewarding. It is the way of life. As a Christian, we learn it from our Savior. And so we want to pray the prayer of that song. Teach me your ways so that I can learn something. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here. And you are here to show us the way of life as we journey through this life following you, following your ways. And now as our mind turns to that moment before you face the agony of the cross, And what you teach us, Lord, through the life of prayer, would you open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, and plant the truth deep within us. For your glory, as you build your church. Amen. Amen. So we turn to um, the gospel according to Mark. And chapter 14, beginning from verse 32, and I'm going to stop from verse 42. Oh, it is here. So I better read the version because I might have a different version here. Mark chapter 14 from verse 32, and uh, we're going to stop at verse 41 or 42. They, thus the disciple, went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed 
and trouble. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciple and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <clears throat> Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning to the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Oh. You have 42. We can stop there. <laughs> Thank you, Clayton. You can just feel the sense of... Uh, concentration on Jesus as he prays, saying the same thing again and again. Waiting on prayer with this particular focus on intensity, which is a concentration, not on a, you know, lower intensity or, or, or higher, higher intensity or lower intensity, but this focus of being alert as we pray, keep our spiritual eyes, so to speak, open for two things, because the enemy is near, but also because the Lord is near. And I think if you keep these two things, because the enemy is always around, prowling in order to tempt us, but also because the Lord is near, as we hear from First Peter, that the end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Because we have... These two worlds that solicitate us, then we need to keep concentrated. That's the thought here. The waiting on God in prayer. We shall come back to that Psalm 25, which Fiona referred to. But again, the question is this intensity in prayer. What exactly it look like? What does it mean for me, for us as a church, for, for us as a couple, for us as a family, for us as a community trying to reach out to others? Those are the things that we should be wrestling in our mind. And so again, in a typical Baptist sermon, 
I got to have only three things. You know that. Number one, this intensity in prayer sometimes requires, as we already say, to keep saying to the Lord the same thing over and over and over. Now, the Lord does listen to us even when you speak once or you ask once. But in this particular occasion, he himself, three times, keeps saying the same thing to his father. Just like the song we have sung, I call unto you again and again and again. But that's where the weariness sometimes comes to us. Because when we pray, and we can't see anything, and we can't see anything yet, and we can't see anything yet. But I think two weeks ago, Malcolm, through his sermon, really uplifted our soul. That prayer of almost 19 years to see the prayer answered. Then if there's no other reason to keep on putting the same, the same, the same thing before the Lord, that can be encouraging to us. I'll come back to this. Number two, this intensity waiting on God in prayer with this focus of intensity is a, what I call here an antidote to prayerlessness that uh, always is in front of us or we face. Prayerlessness. Because uh, you look at the context here, Peter, John, and James that were taken among the disciples, not only the three of them, but all of them were full of confidence. In fact, overconfidence. Look at verse 31. When Jesus told them, told uh, uh, Peter in verse 32, that I'll tell you the truth, Jesus said to him, Yes, today, tonight, before the cock crows, twice you yourself will disown me three times. Peter emphatically, verse 31, say, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And they all say the same, not only Peter. Overconfidence, but when it comes to prayer, prayerless. They are sleeping. So intensity is an antidote. Is that the word? I mean, yeah, antidote. My French comes in. Antidote. Antidote to prayerlessness that is already there. And perhaps here, I think most commentators were saying, even with when Jesus said in verse 37, could you not keep watch? For one hour. In other words, Jesus must have gone at least for an hour to pray. I mean, I think we all try sometimes. I'm honest. The first 15 minutes in prayer, your mind goes round and round sometimes. <laughs> but to concentrate on one hour, that's a challenge. When I was in Peter Heed, I tried to um, motivated by God's grace, the church to pray. And then uh, one day I said, we're going to have a, a half night of prayer. 
And dear faithful uh, friend, believer, came at the end of the service. He said, it's a great idea, bar my friend. A whole half, half night of prayer, what are we going to be doing? Yes. <laughs> he was very sincere. Now, I'm just asking you, will we have coffee to have breaks? And I could hear, yeah, there's uh, some, you know, things that in his mind said, right, we will have a coffee. If I was in Africa, no coffee, no tea. We just go run for a whole half night. But then when we started, by the time we broke for coffee, he came and said, you know, very faithfully say, but it did not last really. The time is just flying. But the fear going into it. And then from there, one day we say, how about if we go for a whole night of prayer? Oh, Abby. One said, can you give us a, like a carnival? What we'll be doing? Where we start until where we end? I say, I don't have anything like that. We just go and pray. But you see, this kind, God challenge us. There's nothing, let me put it this way. Our flash prayer or a short time of prayer should not prevent us some time from spending a long, quiet, quality time alone with God in prayer. And even, even work, work, Lord, should not prevent us from spending a quality and sometime extended time in prayer before the Lord. The disciples were asleep. Why Jesus spent that hour? Early in my life, by God's grace, when I entered the ministry, I was still in my training. Among the many things that challenged me is the people of prayer in the history of the church. And one of them is Martin Luther. And I try to bring that, translate that in English because I read that in French and it never left me. And this is what he said. I am so busy that I find that I cannot do with less than four hours spending in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, this is what awaits for me in the ministry because the ministry is going to be demanding, but I need to spend significant time before the Lord in prayer. Because one thing normally happens when we have extra work, Lord, the first thing we drop is prayer. Let's just be honest. I do it. But the Lord, an extra kind of intensity, stress, and, and agony in his life 
The more he had the agony, the more he went before his father in prayer. That challenged me early in my life. In fact, my analogy only comes from Africa. You see here, we are fortunate if I just drive and I reach somewhere, oh, petrol is running, the next petrol station is just Darcy or uh, past Lucas, that place. In Congo, it doesn't work like that. So you better fill the tank and fill the jars of petrol because you don't have the next petrol station. So if you run out of fuel, you have to stay there. You have to send people who have to walk long distance, perhaps to go to a nearest village, find a bicycle. It's a challenge. And that's embedded also in the life of prayer. You know, this small, I, I don't have any problem of small, small, or little, because I do that myself as well. But what the Lord challenges us is kind of like filling the tank for a long run when things are tough. In fact, after almost now 30 years in ministry, by God's grace, I look at around the colleagues and the people. I think Paul, Paul, who has been long in the ministry, can agree with me. Um, I found most people who have remained fresh in the ministry are the people who have spent time in prayer and the daily reading of the Bible. And perhaps I can even say is one of the means to prevent some burnout. That by my own experience and listening. Burnout, I'm very conscious and partly the ministry because sometimes you just go and thinking, oh my goodness. And your head goes around, 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 around. But prayer is a means that God has given us to upload everything before him. That's where the Psalm 25 comes. You see, when we read that verse, it is in you that I hope, my hope. In other words, I stay there waiting all day long. That's the thought that is there. And because I wait in prayer, and I keep waiting, and I keep waiting intensely, then I am not uh, put to shame. That's the thought that is there behind this. Waiting before the Lord in uh, prayer. Number three. Not only that uh, it's, it requires us saying things to the Lord again and again. Not only it is an antidote to prayerlessness that sometimes is there, but also it is necessary to steadfastness in loyalty to Christ in times of trials. When we are facing trials, two things happen. Either we run away from the Lord or we become closer to the Lord. Those are the things that uh, get us 
almost at the gate of our life. And so in times of trials, prayer intensity help us to stay steadfast in our loyalty to the Lord. And even this week, uh, reading this passage and the context and reading other um, um, account of this, uh, I discovered something I have never discovered before. I thought, wow, this is interesting. Um, and I ask you the question, what happened if Peter, to begin with, had prayed? What, what would have happened if Peter, when the Lord went to pray and he also stayed awake and prayed, what could happen? But I realized, the more I asked that, the more I looked at the context, I thought, you know, sometime, and I've done it many a time, um, we blame Peter for following Jesus from afar. You know, because, oh, look at, he said there, even unto death, that then when the challenge came, he did not go. But actually, it's linked to the prayerlessness, but also linked to the lack of listening to Jesus' command. So when we spend time in prayer, it enables us to listen to God, and it enables us also to have no difficulty in applying Jesus commanded to our lives. So when you look at this, what happened to Peter, you remember the story, of course, after they did not pray, then uh, he said to them that verse 32, which we did not re read, look, the son of man is, is uh, betrayed into the hands of sinner. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And then when they went, the mob comes, and Jesus said to the people, who are you looking for? And he said, if you are looking at for me, then let these people go. But actually, what he says to them, he did not ask the, 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 the permission to the people, let these people go. He was telling to the disciples, you, at this moment, should not follow me. Go away. This is about me and my father. But what then Peter did? Stayed there. When all of them ran away, he stayed there instead of going. And he took the sword, cut the ear of uh, this man. <laughs> I thought, if he would have prayed, he would have listened to Jesus' command. He would have applied it to that command in his life. Then he would not he would not have attacked this man. In other words, he would not have fought spiritual battles with physical weapons. He could not have used the wrong weapon at the wrong time for the wrong purpose with the wrong motives. If only he could have listened. Had Jesus not healed that man, I think Peter would have been arrested as well and have, would have been perhaps four crosses on Calvary. <coughs> but thank Jesus, 
even with the failures, he always intervened. And that's where Jesus, when we look to him, my friends, his life of prayer, the intensity, we, when we are not able even to march on that, even now, at the right hand of his father, he keep on intervening for us. Otherwise, would have been the most miserable people. Just like the way he intervened for Peter. I don't want you to be arrested. Even when you failed to not pray, not to listen, I am here. And Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, even today, saying, Abby, you have failed. You come to me. I forgive you again and again. I say to my father, have mercy on Abby. Have mercy on St. Andrew's Baptist Church again and again and again. May we draw that inspiration from him and to him be the glory. Amen.